Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. about what's written about Smith Wigglesworth on one occasion he was called to the home of a woman that was dying her husband had asked him to come and there were several other believers that had gathered and they were around this woman's bed I mean she was within moments of death and you have to learn to be undaunted by someone's condition when, and um they, the different ones gathered, kind of took turns praying, and they would pray. One would say, God, you know, comfort the, the, the husband, of the, you know, very difficult time, comfort him. And then the next one pray, oh, God, you know, move and comfort the children. Yeah. And uh, Brother Wigglesworth was saying to himself, oh, God, shut him up. <laughs> And then he went to pray and Jesus' face appeared above her bed. And she was raised up and they later basically were discussing what the difference was. And he said, well, the difference was this. You prayed for the dying woman looking at the woman. I prayed for the dying woman looking at Jesus. Where you look makes all the difference. It didn't change what he saw. He saw what they saw, but he chose a different direction to focus on. And the name, that's why it's so important to hold that name dear is because it will direct your focus, what your heart is fixed on. Amen. We thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. We love that name. We honor that name.
checking to see if it worked we're giving action to that anointing amen if you've had any difficulty any difficulty in your shoulders move it right now there's somebody it almost seems like there was just a tight band right across the very top from the left to the right that is being that that's being removed right now just receive it just raise up your hands and receive it we receive it father we receive it, Jesus. Listen, whatever your need is, just raise up your hand right now and receive that. The anointing, the power of God is present in this place. We worship you, Father. There's eyes being healed. Right now, there's eyes being healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Someone's throat is being healed. You've had an ongoing condition, something there with your throat that's being healed. And you say, well, Pastor Nancy, who is it? Well, anybody that will release faith can get in on it. Amen. Hallelujah. You say, how do you release faith? Say, I take that. I receive that. I, I take that right now. I take that right now. I take that right now. Hallelujah. Right in the back of the throat. There seems like to me there was a growth somewhere in the back of the throat. That's, that's being healed right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We glorify you. We magnify you. We glorify you. Somebody's knee is being healed. Move that around. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up high. Move it around. Bend that. Hallelujah. Give action to that anointing. Give action to that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Ladies, something in the, in the, something in the female organs being healed right now. Just receive it. If that's you, if that's you, you've had that need. Just lay hold of that. Say, I take my health. I take my help. I take my wholeness. Hallelujah. Just receive that. We thank you for it, Father. We glorify you. We glorify you. We glorify you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. We glorify you. We glorify you. We thank you. Somebody, there's been a pressure on the chest. It's almost like somebody just putting a hand on it. And there's, it's, been, it's just been there and it's, it's been there for a while. It lingers. It seems to come and go, but it lingers when it does come. That's being healed right now. Right, right now, that's being healed. Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We glorify you, Jesus. We glorify you, Jesus. Something else about some internal organs. There's some, uh, some internal organs and also someone who has had issues with your bladder. It's, all, it's, it's uh, what, what they would call it, like a, a fallen bladder type thing. Something like that. Say that. No, it, it's like it, it. It's like prolapsed. Thank you, thank you. That that's being addressed right now. Just receive that. Receive that. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Because you were going, you were you were going to say, well, I, I may have to have a medical procedure to deal with that. Well, you just got your procedure. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 You know, thank God for anything that a word of knowledge that's called out. But there's a healing flow in this place. And, and that's really, the word of knowledge can also serve to just encourage you to release your faith for whatever need you have. If it's not called out, that doesn't mean you can't receive. Yes, I understand that the word of knowledge, it's a gift of the Spirit. But it, it still will serve as an encouragement to your faith. Amen. To, re- to release your faith and receive your help. Amen. Somebody, there's something right down here. Right down here at the base of the neck. Right here. I don't know if it was a growth or there was something there that's been addressed. That's been made right. So you can just know that that healing is yours. Hallelujah. 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 We praise you, we praise you, we praise you. Somebody's had difficulties, something with the shoulder blades. With the shoulder blades, there's been, in that region of the back, something in that region. There's, the power of God is on that. The anointing of God is on that. Respond to that. See, the power of God has to be responded to. Amen. And that's why I say give movement to it because you, you're, you're showing I'm responding. I'm responding. I believe in the power of God. Don't you believe in the power of God? That our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I believe in the power of God. Somebody's neck has just been loosed. Somebody's neck has just been loosed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Move that neck around. Do something you couldn't do. Hallelujah. Backs are being healed. Move it around. Move it around. Do something you could not do. Hallelujah. Do something you couldn't do. There's no reason to walk out without your help tonight. There's no reason for it. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Some, some, some woman that some, some kind of growth was in your breast and that's been, that's been touched now by that anointing, that power and it's dissolved. It's gone in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're healed. I said, you're healed. You're healed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And you know something when you're healed, you can always have it verified. Going to the doctor will not take your healing from you to verify because God's word can stand that test. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Have it checked out. Have it checked out. It's not doubt and unbelief to go and have it checked out. Amen. It's a testimony. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But you don't go in fear. You go in faith knowing what's been done. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We give you glory and honor, Jesus. We give you glory and honor. Some, some, some kind of difficulty right at the base of the skull. Some kind of difficulty. I don't know if it was just uh, ongoing pain there or something muscular or something with the spine, but just something at the base of the skull. So if that's any, any, any region of that pertains to you, just receive that. Remove your head around. Do something you couldn't do. Give action to that. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. comes to me their sternum just got healed now I don't quite know where it's up up in here somewhere where it's it's this right here it's the bone that covers your heart that sternum is being healed right now I don't know if that's something that they cut or anything if somebody has a heart procedure I don't know but somebody's sternum hallelujah praise the Lord praise the Lord praise the Lord just receive that Hallelujah, hallelujah. It is Jesus' absolute delight to heal. He paid such a price so that we could receive of this, this flow. Amen. We praise you, we praise you, we praise you, we praise you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Just for a moment, put your hands down. But if you say, I can already tell something different in my body. Raise your hand. I'd like to raise your hands. Wow. Raise it high. Real, real high. Don't just raise it at the elbow. Raise it high. Everyone turn around and look how good Jesus is. Look how good Jesus is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got the microphone there? Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, come here. We got we to gotta hear about it. Come on up here. <laughs> Tell us what was the matter with you. June 3rd, I was going to have to have left shoulder replacement surgery. I had talked to the pastor. I felt like such a failure. I had learned so much from this man. And I realized it was me. It wasn't God. God was ready to heal me at any point in time. Doing the job that I do here, I do it for him. I said, Lord, it just seemed to happen that I was going to be in. I wanted to be close to the front. So I caught the splash. <laughs> That's it, brother. That's it. And the very first thing that you said about the shoulders, both of them were bad. I said, were bad. Yeah. Standing right there. for shoulder replacement just on one or both on the left one I already had work on the left uh-huh the left is so bad was so bad that there was literally nothing there for the doctor to fix it was all gone and so for three months I've been dealing with the pain coming here could you lift up anything or carry anything? Did it limit? Oh, yeah, big time. And you know what I couldn't do? Is get this wallet. Get your wallet out. Out of my back pocket. I couldn't. <laughs> right there. I mean, <laughs> hey, that's the fun. I mean, you, you, you think about that, gentlemen, but we all try to get. I couldn't get that out. I would go through the drive through. Yeah. And have to say, can you wait a minute? And it would take me a minute or two to try to get my wallet 
out of my back pocket. And you know, you may think that's a small thing, but yeah. that's what I did. I said, Lord, I know you've healed me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the first thing I did was pull that wallet out of my pocket. He's done it. He's done it. And I just knew. I just, I, I just knew when, when you said, because I've been, I, Pastor, he was telling me, he says, you don't have to that kind of self-condemnation that he was loving yeah. about. He says, look, you know, you just work toward that faith and you study and you right. read and you, and you, and, 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 and that's it. I was just, and the devil's going like, you know what? You don't deserve that. And you know, right. He's right. I don't deserve anything the Lord's given me, but you know what? I'm his child. And you know what? And I am, I am his. And just like I want to give good things to my kids, yes. the Lord wants to give us, but we've got to have the faith to make that pinata. Okay? <laughs> to hit that pinata. So, and so, I got a big stick tonight. <laughs> so, so tell me, how long have you been having problems with the shoulders? Years. 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 Five years, ten years, what? Oh, An estimation. Uh, at least over ten. At least over yeah. ten years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it was at least that. And so there was no way you could raise it straight up, your arms straight up. No. Let me see you. See the, bad, the, the right one's almost as bad as the left, so. Yeah. But I had the great physician tonight. <laughs> he took care of business. Let me tell you something. It's life and death what church you go to. Yes, it is. It matters what you hear. Uh, the first few Sundays, me and my family, we moved from central Illinois down here. And we went to a lot of different churches. And I would say, Lord, is this the one? And I would never get anything back. We came in here and we were met by loving people that cared. And then I heard a pastor that didn't back up. He didn't make apology. Right. And what it said in the word, you live with it. Because that's just the way it is. He, he wasn't going to make excuses. And he's just that. But he did it in love. And it seemed like every Sunday he was preaching at me. And I'm like, when's he going to get off me? <laughs> <laughs> well, come to find out, I started going to the fight club uh, on a Saturday morning. Our brothers meet. And we share. And I was kind of sharing like, Maybe Man, you the could pastor. tell me what the fight club is. Well, it's, it's, it's a group of men. Saturday morning uh, men's club. We get together and, and uh, we talk about things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just want but, to clarify that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know if that's why your shoulders gave you Well, no, no we're, we're, we're on the book, uh, Dress to Kill, for the, the, the armors. And so, yeah, I got to telling them, said, look, I mean, the, the pastor's on me. And the guy goes, no, I, he's on me. And we got to saying... He was on all of us. It's like, man. But that's the Holy Spirit training. And, and I was learning so much. And I'm like, wow. I had a lot to learn. And I had a lot to unlearn. Okay? That's the thing. I had a lot to unlearn. And I'm still growing, Pastor. Yeah. And I ain't giving up. Okay? That's Let's it. Let's see it again. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Wait, get up there. Get up there and do it. Come on. Here it is. 
Father, we thank you. We just, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for your blessing. Restoring every arena of life. Every arena of life. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Who else? Who else? Who else says I received something? I, somebody come. I, I want it. We want to hear it. You can be seated. Come on. We want to hear it. Come testify. Hallelujah. Those of you with your hand raised, come here, love. Come on. Tell me what was the problem. I had um, tightness in my right shoulder and in the shoulder blades. And then when you said across the back, it was mm-hmm. like a a tightness and mm-hmm. then you said give action to it we had yeah. already spoken over my husband got an agreement laid hands you know i'm like you know what i can't i don't have time for this foolishness and how long how long did how long did you have that um it started the end the beginning of this week what is today mm-hmm. tuesday uh-huh. so it started on about sunday yeah and did just you, real tight did you have limited yes ma'am it's limited yes ma'am it <laughs> was and it was you testify you had to help me zip zip up <laughs> Because I couldn't yeah. only get my zipper, but yeah. so far, but I could. Now you can. Yes, ma'am. Yes, Praise ma'am. Hallelujah. 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 All right. Somebody else. Come on. Somebody else. Come on. Come here, love. Hallelujah. Come up. I want several lined up over here for me. Come up. Hallelujah. Come here, Miss Jane. Tell me. Um, I was busting up a couch. Um, <laughs> don't ask. Say that again. I was busting up a couch with a hammer, and I think I went a little too hard, and it's did something to my shoulder and so I couldn't move it like that and I couldn't go like that it was like a sharp pain and, and now so, you can and now I can praise, praise the Lord. Lord hallelujah so you're the couch buster that we need to call on come here love I, uh, I got here on Sunday and I drove about six and a half hours and as soon as I stepped foot in the church my back went out and I heard the in my neck and so I've been trying to work it out, but every time we would come in for worship, I could only lift my hands this high. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it kind of put a damper on my joy. Um, I've been at the chiropractor today twice. I went to a massage therapist and then to a muscular therapist, and I've been there since this morning service. So I got here tonight, and I was just resigned, like, well, Lord, I'm just going to have to worship you like this tonight. So when you started calling out symptoms, I thought, Maybe that's somebody else's shoulders, because it was my shoulders, my neck, my back, right up to the top of mm. my, uh, my atlas, right under mm. you know, my cranium. So you got specific, and that's when my hands started going higher and higher. And I thought, All right, do it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I look like Frankenstein this morning, and I'm, I'm doing pretty Praise good. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Would you say it's worth the drive? Oh, it's worth the drive. <laughs> God bless you, love. God bless you. Come here. Come here, love. We drove about six and a half hours as well, and uh-huh. my knee swelled up somehow. At least it felt swelled up. Mm-hmm. But tonight, when you called out knees, I checked it for my hips, for my knees. Yeah. And my ears opened up, and my there was a pop in my knee, and so I can actually... You can, you can, I can squat. Hallelujah. I've been squat for a while. God bless you, love. Come here, come here. What, did, what was the problem? Well, the back of my neck, it's, I've been having problems with that right at the base. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus used you to say about the neck, mm-hmm. it's, I felt my neck pop. Mm-hmm. And, and I started working it and 
I don't have a problem. So were you limited in how you could move it? Oh, yes, ma'am. At night, it would, it would like um, kind of, I'd have to kind of sleep away a little different. Mm -hmm. But um, to nurse it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, it's, it's healed. So I you can move it. it. Do mm -hmm. something you couldn't do before. It. I can move it. I can move it all around. And it was, it was steady crack, cracking when I was over there. Uh -huh. But yeah. Praise the yeah. Lord. Praise, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come here, love. Well, I've been feasting on Arizona <laughs> since it, it was Arizona. Yeah. So the other day, I was in the car, and you're usually with me in the car for <laughs> him. You know, one yeah. or two. Yeah. So that day, you're in the car, and I'm listening to Feasting on Arizona, and my back teeth started. He was fixing them. I could mm. feel the power mm. in my teeth. Mm. I, I know I need to go to the dentist, and I'll get there, but... <laughs> I would rather put the sure. money in the building fund than spend a bunch of money yeah. at the dentist. Amen. So he's, Amen. He's you can already tell he's working. Yes. Amen. Praise God. the Lord. Praise oh, the Lord. Good to see you. Thank, thank you, love. Come here. Come here. Come here, cutie. Come up here. Tell me what, what this is about. She wants, uh, she don't want to speak in front of everybody. <laughs> I but, uh, Coventry um, has had absence seizures for quite a while. And last How long night, is quite a while? Uh, four years since we now moved how old are you love you're 11 now and last night you know many of you were here last night she's she had a seizure back there during the service during right? the service and it was the first time she'd ever had a seizure to that extent um, Sorry, but uh, this, the people in this church, you know, our, our home family and everybody that was here last night that came with you, mm -hmm. just the love, the hands that were laid on her. Yeah, because pastor went back there during the service and ministered right. to her. Yeah. You know, and, you know, God brought us to this church for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, you know, I've walked a rough road in my life, and God brought me here to hear that man right there. And he has taught us uh, so much. And this little girl right here has been baptized in the Holy Ghost. She speaks in tongues, and she believes with everything in her that last night was the final hoorah. And she is healed. Yeah. And last night... Um, we had her sleep with us just to keep an eye on her. And last night, she remembers, she, she wants me to tell you this. Last night, she saw somebody walk in the room and check on her. And she believes Jesus stopped into our bedroom last night and touched her and healed her. So we're going to the neurologist tomorrow. And she's going to tell him that she is healed. She's redeemed what the devil tried to do last night to stop this service did not work it did not work it has made us stronger it has made her stronger and healthier and she is praising god for it praise the lord so. hallelujah hallelujah thank you sir well pastor gave us the good he gave us the good report when we came in tonight and he said that he could tell the difference on the way she looked hallelujah come here baby my leg was hurting um on sun um 
Saturday night really bad and I couldn't really move it and I woke up and it's and I still had pain but um, tonight whenever she called out knees I moved it and I moved it without pain no more pain praise the Lord <laughs> Good. praise the Lord come here what was it with you love um, back in February I uh, slipped and fell mm -hmm. well Broke my back. Ooh. And um, couldn't walk. Yeah. Couldn't do nothing. Um, yeah. Doctors put me on a high dose of uh, pain pills. Mm. And um, they tried to do pain management on me. I told them no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I told them my God's the healer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, about a few weeks ago, I was healed. Praise the Lord. And then pain pain came back. Mm -hmm. They were tried to. Uh, yeah. Still the pain, and I relapsed. Took pain pills again. Yeah. And back in the back, the Lord healed me. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Is there is there something you couldn't do that you couldn't move? Can you move your back now? I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> and uh, I've been off of walk since February. Uh -huh. No money coming in. No nothing. Monday morning, I'm going back to work. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't we, I think we ought to just stand and tell Jesus, thank you. Jesus, thank you. We glorify you. We magnify you. We glorify you. We thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We give you glory and honor, Jesus. We glorify you. You're such a wonderful healer. We give you glory and honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. You know, I, I, I'm reminded I'm so grateful for a statement that Brother Richard Roberts made when he came to our church quoting his dad, Oral Roberts. And Oral Roberts would say every day, miracles are coming to you or going past you. So the variable is us. It, what are we doing with what is ma being made available every day to us? And one of the things I would have to say is of us learning to recognize miracles in our lives. Because so much of the time I believe people think of something spectacular. Because this word miracle conjures up and draws up a very uh, spectacular, almost magical type image in most people's thinking. But any, Dad Hagen gave us the definition of a miracle. It's the divine intervention into the ordinary course yes. of things, the ordinary course of nature. That's right. So it's not ordinary that when people pray, a lot of people pray in the earth yep. and they don't hear anything. That's right. They don't receive anything. Answered prayer is God intervening into the ordinary course of something. And so many times people are receiving miracles and not even recognizing them. 
I was listening to something that was being read about George Mueller's testimony. Now, George Mueller was an English preacher in Bristol, England in the 1800s. And when he moved into Bristol, England, there were 250,000 children estimated living as orphans on the streets. Quarter of a million children just in that city. The parents had been, had died through plagues and different extreme conditions and God began dealing with him about starting an orphanage and he ended up housing, having an orphanage that housed around 2,500 kids. And he just, he just believed God and he, um, he said, and he, he, he took incredible accounts of his, of his prayer life, of the answers, and he said, I have documented 50,000 answers to prayer in my life. That's 50,000 miracles. And he said 30,000 of those prayers were answered within 24 hours. And he said, the reason I get miracles He said, one reason I get miracles is because I acknowledge the movement of God in my life. That's why he took note of those. And I think sometimes because we don't acknowledge, we don't receive as much as we could have. And you say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, and, and we won't take time to turn there, but in Psalm 78, it said, it is a command that you tell the dealings of God to the next generation to come. Why? Because what we rehearse, God repeats. In the 70s, my husband had a, a miracle that happened in regard to his building. And I won't take time to tell that in detail, but two angels came into his room and God said, they said, we've been sent from the throne room of heaven to straighten out your finances. And within two months, they were in the process of needing to, needing money for a building and God paid off their building. A miracle. And about six months, now this was in the seventies that happened and about six months before he went home to be with the Lord, um, God said to him, if you will talk more about that event of the angels paying off the building, he said, they will do more of it. Notice this. What you talk about is what will be manifested. When you recognize the miracles and the movement of God in your life and you talk about it, you give permission to God to work more of that which you're talking about. You see, if you talk doubt and unbelief, you're giving permission to the enemy to work more of that which you're talking about. But on the positive side, we need to begin to recognize miracles in our life and talk about them, and there will be a working of more of them. And even if they don't look spectacular, they are still worthy of recognition and acknowledgement and glorifying God and magnifying God because you don't even know what he kept you from because he intervened. God said to me years ago, he said by the spirit, he said there are three primary ways that 
my people open the door to sickness and disease, but it would also be to any kind of defeat. And he says, number one, he said, uh, they lose their peace. They let fear, doubt, and worry in. Number two, he said, they veer from the plan of God. Now, the third thing he told me, which was quite interesting to me, he said, through lack of gratitude. That showing or having a lack of gratitude opens the door to the enemy. So knowing this, if, if lack of gratitude opens the door, what's the flip side? Gratitude closes the door. Having a lifestyle, Father, I'm so grateful. Father, I'm so thankful for what you've done in my home, in my family, in my business, in my body, in my mind, in my children, in my church. Father, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. You just sealed tight places where the devil would love to find an entrance. When I, when I, uh, when I go to bed at night, I go around and I check the doors. I know I locked them. I just double check. Gratitude is a double check. You're sealing it tight. Amen. And uh, miracles are a flow that belongs to this era. And we're going to have to become more skillful. Not just in flowing with miracles, but recognizing the movement of God and uh, not diminishing what doesn't look spectacular. Because there's a time in everyone's life you're going to need miracles. And if you're going to follow God, he's going to lead you to a place where you need miracles. Don't think that you just got on the edge of ruin and that's why you need a miracle. God will lead you to where you need miracle after miracle after miracle. Why? Because he wants to participate and demonstrate and illustrate his ability in every place he leads you. And he leads you to what you can't fulfill. Because he intends to fulfill. Amen. But there are divine principles in the word that will enable us to receive a miracle and cooperate because religious thinking thinks if I need a miracle, I just got to wait and hope God gives me one. But there are definite steps to cooperate with the word that we can always receive the miracle, the answer, the help we need. Definite steps to take. We don't have to sit back and wait for our lottery number of heaven to be drawn. Amen. Because God will allow us, and I made the statement last night, the majority of what you receive from God is initiated by you, not God, and that's including miracles. Praise the Lord. Go with me to John chapter 2. John chapter 2. And we'll look at verse 1, because in this passage, we see some very definite steps lined out. That we can always cooperate with the word, cooperate with God to receive what we need. And in this passage, we find 
the first miracle worked under Jesus's earthly ministry. Now, I'm, no, I'm certainly no Bible scholar or theologian to say this, but I've heard many say through the years and refer to the law of firsts. That if you're not clear on what a passage means, goes back, go back to the first time there was an occurrence of something like this. And in the word, you'll see many times an establishment of a law in what's it mean? A precedence. It says a precedence in, in our, in our, in our field of law here in courts, judges will say, we'll go back before they make a ruling. They go back and see what precedent has been set by a previous judge or previous court, because evidently there's the law firsts in the legal, in the legal uh, arena. Even so, there's a law first in the spirit arena. And so in this first miracle worked under Jesus's earthly ministry, we see some laws laid out. So uh, John chapter two, verse one, are you getting anything so far? Listen, we need to know this because you're going to need a miracle one day. If not today, you're going to need it. So I'm not just preaching a sermon. I'm stalking you for your future with the word verse one. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine or basically they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. And Jesus said unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? In other words, what's this got to do with me? He's not the caterer for the wedding. She's telling him caterer issues. And so his first response is, I'm not the caterer type thing. What's this got to do with me? So he's answering her when she approaches him and he says, mine hour is not yet come. Well, she didn't like the answer she got. Mothers have a right. Mothers have a right to decide if they like the answer or not. (laughs) She approached him. She gave him a, she gave him the opportunity to fulfill her request as his mother. And he basically said, this is not having to do with me. Mine hour's not yet come. He had just come from being a carpenter for 30 years. Was she helping him in his transition? He's transitioning from being a carpenter to, um, yeah, being a miracle worker. And uh, he says, mine hour is not yet come. I just love her. In this situation, she done talking to him. She didn't say another word to him. She turned her back on him. We're done talking. I told you. She initiated this miracle. He did not. She initiated it. What? Why? There was a need. It wasn't a need important to him, but it mattered to her. You might think your need doesn't matter to God, but if it matters to you, it matters to God. 
So I just love her at this point. Not another word is said to him by her. I'm done talking to you. You heard me. This is a mother talk. Mine hour is not yet come. Verse 5, his mother said to the servants. To the servants. I'm setting you aside. Says to the servants. Whatsoever he says. Meaning he going to say something. We know he said he wasn't. He is. He's going to say something. Now, whatever that him say is, <laughs> whatever he says to you, you do that. Yeah. Cooperate with him. She put a demand on him to say something. How could she trust enough to tell servants whatever he tells you? She had no idea what he was going to tell them. How did she know? That whatever he tells you can be acted on. Because he says later, not at this point we hadn't heard these words, but later he said, I only say what I hear my father say. He did not start that after he was anointed in Jordan. He practiced the way he lived as an anointed savior. An anointed man, he practiced that before he was anointed. You get that? He did not live one whole lifestyle, then after he's, after he's anointed and baptized and the tangible anointing comes on him, then he starts practicing spiritual laws and spiritual truths. No, he was practicing all along. So she knew his manner of living was only... Him saying what he heard his father say. That was his manner of living. He had skill in that now because he'd practiced it. So she could boldly say, whatever he says to you, do it. Can I tell you, your miracles are locked up in that phrase. Whatever, whatsoever he says to you, do it. Well, he hasn't said anything. Yeah, he hadn't said anything until Mary said something either. Until his mama showed up and said, we got a need. So she helped him get the momentum going. <laughs> so... You are authorized to say, I have a need. What are you going to tell me to do about it? What are you going to I'm going to put a demand on you to say something to me because you want my need met. So it's not like, will you say something to me? Say, I'm here listening. What do you have to say to me? What do I need to do? Well, you can't, you can't tell God what to do. He's God. God goes where faith puts him. God always shows up for faith. God always, always moves in response to faith. It's not an if, and, or but. So when you approach him with your need, 
and you say, I have this need. And even if it sounds like you didn't get something, all right, I'll be right there. That's not what Jesus said to her. All right, I'll be right there, mom. We'll, we'll handle this. She did not hear what she thought she should hear, possibly. But she put a demand on him to say something that's going to deal with this issue. When you have a miracle, God has something to say. When you need a miracle, God has something to say. Put it, let him know, I'm here to hear what you have to say about my need. Amen. Then if we took this phrase and we took it word by word, let's do that. Whatsoever he says to you, do it. Not what you figure out. Not what is convenient for you. Not what you like. Whatsoever. It might make sense. It might not make sense. Whatsoever he says to you, do it. What he said to them made absolutely no sense. You got these clay pots, fill them with water. I don't know if they were already filled with water. Uh, my understanding is, is that those pots are normally put there for people to wash. They wash their hands or wash their feet, whatever. They're washing pots. The, when you look and do any kind of research, that these pots hold about 30 gallons of water each. You understand not running water. There's no running water. There's not a hose right there by the pot. These are clay pots. They're probably not moving the clay pot if it holds 30 gallons. They are transporting. These servants have been laboring the whole time throughout this wedding. It's a physical job and he says, fill up the water pots. So if they had to empty them, they have to empty them first. Then they have to fill them. There's some labor. There's some effort. You hear no testimony of a servant griping. Why am I feeling, they're out of wine. Why am I fetching water? My gosh, he's crazy. You don't hear any of that recorded. They just did what they were told. What's that mean? When you did a miracle, God's got something to tell you. He, it, he did not do a miracle apart from a man. Your miracle is going to involve you. Your miracle is, you're not just going to primarily go to bed with a need and wake up with it completely fixed. Something had to be obeyed. Something had to be done. Something had to be said. Something had to be believed. That's right. He gives us something to obey. And you, we don't get to choose what that is. So he commands instructs these servants to fetch the water and uh, they, they fill it up. The last they know, there's water in that pot. And then he tells them, go, he dips some out, they dip some out, take that to the, 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 the guy who's head over this whole feast here. Nobody said anything. There's no record like, what do you mean? <laughs> Can I taste it first? Did you taste it? Does it, Frank, is, is, it, is this good water? What is this? Henry, you taste it. I'm not tasting it. <laughs> this came out of the foot pot, the hand pot. Yeah. 
Meaning, don't you decide what the vessel looks like that he'll flow through, that he'll use. He might use the vessel you would have never chosen. So, takes this and, of course, the governor of the feast says, this is the best wine. Right. My gosh, let's go all get a drink of water. No, no they, a, a miracle happened and they didn't know quite when. Quite when. You know, I, Lillian B. Yeomans, who was a medical doctor, she was dying. She was on her deathbed. And she said... When the change, one, one of her testimonies of when this, when she was set free on her deathbed, she said, I had been feeding on the word. I got all the healing scriptures and just fed on them. The healing passages in the four gospels and I fed on them hour after hour, all day long. I'd feed on them and feed on them and feed on them. Did it for days. And she said, it dawned on me after several days, all my symptoms are gone and I never know when they left. You get so absorbed with God and his flow that things leave and you never not quite know when it didn't instantly appear. There was just a change. So when they took that, wa that water to him, you don't know whether it turned to wine right as he touched it to his mouth. When he dipped the cup... The, it's not stated. It doesn't matter how it's going to come, when it's going to come. Just do what he says to do. Well, when's it going to show up? Not your business. Just do what he says to do. Whatsoever. Whatsoever. But we know this, that when this transaction, this spiritual divine transaction happened. Jesus bypassed every natural process. There was not the planting of a seed. There was not the growing of the grapevine. There was not the harvesting of the grapes. There was not the fermenting process of the grapes. He bypassed every single natural process. So quit dismissing yourself from miracles because you, you know about a process. Well, they, they, I don't qualify for a loan. I don't qualify for the next building. You better quit limiting him to our, your process because he can bypass every process or put one person in favor that will walk your situation by every single process. And if a new home is in your, is in your heart, in your heart, in your heart, don't decide you can't have it because you know what process you don't qualify for. If he says you can have it, Whatsoever, he says, whatsoever, whatsoever. When Ed and I moved to California, we were at the bottom financially. We were beneath the bottom because we were into, we were into red. 
I would have loved to seen black. I couldn't see any black anywhere. We were in the red. Every credit card was high. Why? You say why? Because God told us two years prior to move to California, we were too slow. And so in being too slow, all of our resources dried up. That's what happens when you don't keep pace with God. And it took us time. It took us really several years to recover. Disobedience will cost, you know, and the, God will always help us when we make those corrections. But it was due to our own. It wasn't due to anything of God. It was due to us not doing whatsoever, he said. And so we were renting a home. It was a new home. It was a lovely home. But we were renting it. And there was one thing about Ed. He, was, he knew he wasn't born to be a renter. He was born to be an owner. And uh, so he, uh, he, always, he had it in his heart. You know, about it's time for us to get a home. The only thing is, is he never looked at the finances. I handled our personal finances. He never knew what we had in the, he never asked me what we had in the account. He just made decisions and I just pulled ins, you know, and all the loose ends. And I'm a juggling, baby, baby, I ain't good at juggling, you know. Because I had, I made happen what he said. And, um. Not that he, not that he overspoke, but he would do things out of his heart. And I knew when it's, when, when he has something in his spirit, it doesn't matter what the checkbook says. It just doesn't matter. And so, um, he came, he got up one morning and as he always did early, early between four and five o'clock in the morning, and he'd go down to the Seven Eleven at the corner and he goes in there to get his coffee and his USA today. And that was his routine. So he came back that morning and he, I was in the kitchen and he threw down a magazine on the kitchen counter and on the front of it, it was a housing magazine of homes for sale in our area. And they were spotlighting a home in the area. And when Ed walked into the 7-Eleven, his eyes fell on that magazine and there, that house that was on the front, the word of the Lord came to him and said, that's your house. So he brings the magazine home, puts it down on the, on the kitchen counter and said, God told me that's our house. I said, really? Because I guarantee you, I couldn't even buy stamps at that time. I couldn't buy stamps. We had rented furniture. We had a rented home. And we had a stack of credit card bills. But whatsoever, he says. Whatsoever, he says. Not whatsoever your finances say. Whatsoever, he says. I'm not telling you to go out and overextend, but Ed knew in his heart that God had a home for us and we were at that time for that word to come to pass. And he did not dismiss us from what was in his heart based on what was in his sight. And so I said, well, when are you going to go see it? He said, today. But that was my husband. Today. Everything's Today. So we went and saw it that day and uh, he told the real estate agent, he said, find out who owns this house. So the real estate agent contacted and let him know, said there's a woman in Orange County who owns the home. She's an older woman. She has two sons that they handle all of her business. She owns many real estate properties and her sons are in their forties and fifties. So she's an older woman and uh, it said, get me an appointment with them. I want to see them. So they drove down from the Orange County to meet with Ed 
And Ed walked in and Ed didn't try to do a sales job on him. He just told him what God said. He didn't ask him, are you Christians? He walked into him and he said, God told me this is my house. But that's my husband. God told me he, he was not a he was not a chat chatter box. He, he was he was yeah he was a bottom line guy. Bottom line, I, I learned how to I learned how to cut back on words with him because when I'd be talking to him he'd go. <laughs> like, that means don't give me details. By the time. I, I, I can proudly say, if, if that's even a correct word, by the time he died, I, I had very few. Because I had learned. It's this one. You cut it back. Cut it back. He didn't, want, he didn't want to hear all your, he didn't want to hear what happened to you today. No, he didn't want to hear all that stuff. Bottom line. So he walks in and that's how he dealt with it. He, he walked into those brothers. Nice to meet you, whatever. He said, God told me this in my house. He's, and then I love the next statement. What can you do to get me in it? Yeah. <laughs> now, I take that back. His second statement was, I don't have any money. What can you do to get me in it? He didn't go in and try to do, try to appear to be something different. Listen, if God says that's your house, he's not intending for you to go in and, and work a sales job on people and try to be something you're not just go in there don't ed was not a what he called a shucker and a jiver yeah he was a straight shooter so they said well we can't offer you anything it's not our home it's our mother's we need to talk to her and so it said okay go talk to her so a couple days later they came back and they said we met with our mother we told her there's a preacher there in Murrieta, who wants to buy that home, that home was built two years before. It had sat empty. No one's ever lived in it. It's on four and a half acres. And uh, so they told her about, you know, there's a preacher who wants that home. And she said, well, what's the preacher's name? They said, well, his name is Ed Dufresne. She said, 15 years ago, I went to his church in Torrance, California, and God healed me in his church. Whatever you have to do, get him in that home. Praise God. He bypassed every process. We didn't have to go to the bank and qualify. We couldn't have qualified. She held the note. She let it set it up the way the terms that would work for us. And we did what we did a, a lease option that all of our lease money went toward the purchase. Then uh, uh, within two years or so, we purchased it from her. And uh, we had bought it for $450,000 in 1993. And 11 years later, we sold it for a million and a half dollars. Whatsoever he says to you, do it. When you calculate your processes and decide whether or not you can meet the qualifications of a process, you've just dismissed yourself from his help. His help is for what you can't qualify for in your own ability, in your own resources, in your own strength, in your own education. So whatsoever, whatsoever he says to you, whether it makes sense or not, it doesn't matter how he told someone else to do it. How's he telling you? How's he leading you? Faith only works with the leading of the spirit. 
Well, faith works with the word. Yes, but you have to know this. The word is vast. Which verse is your victory verse for that situation? The Holy Spirit will lead you which verse to attach your faith to so that you're not just randomly with your mind grabbing stuff out of mental ascent and throwing all these verses that you gathered at your problem and expecting God to jump through hoops and loops because you threw confessions out there. (laughs) Know what the Spirit is leading you to stand on. Holy Spirit, I, I know that healing or supply belongs to me. I look to you to direct me. Which verse should I attach my faith to for my situation? Amen. Amen. Look to his leading. And this is where many people miss it. They try to reach for things God hasn't led them to put their faith on yet because he'll always lead you based within line with your measure of faith. And sometimes people just want something, but you, but you need to have the leading of the spirit. Now, now listen to me, your inheritance belongs to you. Anything of your inheritance that Jesus purchased, but still the Holy Spirit will lead you in your, the path you take, so to speak, in laying hold of that victory, that inheritance that's yours. So Jesus bypassed all of these processes. So quit thinking that processes are your only route, natural processes. God has his own processes. And the process that he has is whatsoever he saith. Not, so, not whatsoever your history tells you. Not whatsoever your relatives tell you. Not whatsoever your income tells you. Not whatsoever your position tells you. Not whatsoever your circumstances, whatsoever he tells you, whatsoever he says. Success lives with what he says. Victory lives with what he says. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Now think about this with God's people. When he went to deliver his people out of Egypt... He told Moses what to go say to Pharaoh. He didn't have to come up with the words. God said, tell Pharaoh, let my people go. That's what God told Pharaoh. He didn't listen. If he would have said, I will let God's people go, Egypt would have stayed intact. They would have held their economy. They would have held their livestock. They would have held their water supply. They would have held their crops. They would have, their firstborn would still be alive. He told them before they made any step of disobedience, how to succeed. And he didn't even have a covenant with them. But in his goodness and in his mercy, he did not want them ruined. And he didn't ruin them, but they opened the door to to the devourer by not doing what God said, God said, let my people go. They didn't do it. They didn't do what he said. 
So they ended up suffering because the, the devourer then could come in. And as I said, God didn't, isn't the devourer. Then as God's people are exiting out of Egypt, God led them the way to go. God led them to the Red Sea. Wow. Yeah, it's a dead end. There's a sea in front. There's mountains on the right, mountains on the left. And they just came from that direction, which is not south and north, it's back. Had to be here to previous service. <laughs> and they, God led them to where they needed a miracle. Listen, you don't have to be on the edge of ruin to be the only place you need a miracle. The front line of obedience will lead you to need a miracle. It doesn't mean you miss God just because you need a miracle. He led them to a miracle place. So now not only are mountains here and a sea here, but now there's a mean enemy army mad. They got dead firstborn. They're madder than they were there days ago. They're, what, what's that mean? They're firstborn, their they're, they're inheritance, their heritage, their generations removed. What that means to lose your firstborn, everyone. So here they come behind them and, and Moses goes to pray and God rebuked him. Why are you praying to me? Do something. Take your authority. So he told him, stretch out your rod. And he didn't. As you know, the waters parted. They went across. But God told them to do that. They went across. And then when the army comes, God didn't tell them to go across. So they saw someone else do something and thought, if they can do it, we can do it. But if God tells somebody to do it, don't you take that as your word. Just because you see it play out a certain way for someone, that doesn't mean that God said that to you. God will talk to you. But what they did, they saw this miracle. They knew it was a miracle. Sure. And they tried it. And what was one person's miracle was another person's destruction. Amen. You have to know what is God saying to you? Whatsoever he says to you, do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Whether it makes sense or not. Whether it's convenient or not. Because he will tell you to do things that are not convenient. Whatsoever he says, how is he going to speak to you? Through his word and by his spirit. As I said earlier in the meetings that the word of God is God's general instruction to everyone. But you're going to need some specifics about your life. God says he'll supply all your need, but he sure didn't tell you which job to take. There's no scripture telling you which job to take. 
There's no scripture telling you what city to live in. There's no scripture telling you what person to marry. So you need to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's not enough for you to grab a scripture and just take off running. What is the Spirit saying to you? Because He will give you the specifics of your life. So learn to hear and follow His leading. Amen. Whether it makes sense or not. And many think, well, I don't have time to wait before God. Do you have time to miss it? Amen. Whatsoever he saith unto you, not so whatsoever he said to the pastor. Then this next phrase, whatsoever he says to you, do it. She didn't tell him, go pray about it. If he said it, you don't need to pray about it. If he said it, you don't need to pray about it. Some don't like what he said, so they pray. <laughs> Trying to get him to say something different. That's the truth. They knew they shouldn't have married that person. But they prayed. Even went and counseled with their pastor. But what, what did he say to do? And there are people who act like they don't know what he said because they don't like what he said. <laughs> Whatsoever he says to you, do it. Amen. Do what he tells you to do. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. Whatsoever he says to you, don't go get someone else's permission. Because they didn't hear what you heard. You know, when Ed and I got married, we were not highly congratulated. That doesn't bother me. I'm not, you're not fixing to hear me vent. And I can understand people's concerns naturally. There was 20 years difference. I had only been saved and filled with the Holy Ghost a couple of years. He had been in the ministry almost 20 years. He was known. He had some kind of voice in the body of Christ. And you can understand looking at me and looking at him and seeing the differences why they were concerned. So there was... Things that were said. And you know how come it never bothered me? Now don't misunderstand me. Not everybody had an issue. Not everybody. I don't mean to paint it that way. But there were some. But you want to know why it never bothered me? Because I knew they didn't hear what I heard. When you hear, it doesn't matter that other people are disturbed. Because... You hearing anchors you. What you heard is your answer in the face of circumstances that challenge what you heard. Because when you obey God, there's going to come circumstances that are going to try to back you down. And all you have to say is, no, God said it. Nope, God said it. I can't tell you the number of times I have had to make decisions worth a half a million dollars or a million dollars, not with a, not with a voice, uh-huh. not with a dream, not with a vision, just with peace. Yes. Yes. Just had peace about doing it. 
And then you lay, go to lay down at night and the mental bombardment that tries to come, tries to come and will say, you just ruined everything. You just put yourself in a bad position. And you know what my answer is? No, I had peace. That is a big enough answer to any opposition. Why? Because he leads by peace. Learn to, you have to have peace about something so that you can answer because the, the enemy is going to challenge your, your move. The move you make, he's going to challenge it. And you need to be able to say, no, I have peace about this. And that has silenced every opposition, every mental challenge. Just saying, no, I had peace about it. Therefore, I know I did the right thing. But there again, you have to be able to say, you know, where, what you had peace about doing. So whatsoever he saith unto you is not always a verbal something you hear in your ear. Sometimes it's just, I have peace about doing that. If you have peace, we shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Amen. Are you helped tonight? You're going to need miracles. We're all going to. And I tell you what, it is an, it's a divinely addictive flow. You start living on the edge. People who live on the edge are always needing miracles. The cutting edge, not the jagged edge. And that's one of the things I said to the kids the day my husband went home to be with the Lord. I said, one of the greatest things he taught us was how to live on the edge untroubled. Amen. You have to know how to get out there and see nothing, see no remedy, no solution. You don't even have any kind of plan. You just knew to be there. And you weren't troubled, but you were joyful on the edge. That's why when, you know, circumstances like the season we've just passed through with COVID, no services, can't be there with the people. I never once thought, oh my gosh, what about the offerings? I guarantee you some did. Because I know how to live. My husband led us. Greatly in the demonstration of that. And God is always, always, always. My mind didn't, my mind didn't even go to where other people went. Why? Just because God will always, always show up. Hallelujah. When we just believe. Amen. Whatsoever he says to you, do it. I don't know what you're facing tonight. And I don't know what we never know. We don't know what all we may face coming up. But we know this. We know how to, we know how to arrive at our help. Whatsoever he says to you, do it. Amen. Stand with me to your feet tonight. Father, we're so grateful for your word. We are so grateful for your word. So thankful for your word. We are just so appreciative. Father, we give you all the thanks, all the praise, all the glory. Thank you that we have your word. Thank you for your word. 
Notice it says whatsoever he says to you, do it. It didn't say whatsoever you feel. Whatsoever you can see, measure it. Whatsoever you can count, count it. Whatsoever he says. We live by words. We live by words. And words are enough when you believe him. Words are, words are enough. So I would say to you tonight, those of you who may be facing different situations, check here. What do you have peace about? That's what he's saying to you. What he's saying to you is what you have peace about. And what you have peace about is what he's saying to you. If you have peace about something, do it. If you don't have peace about something, don't do it. Because that, if I could say this, he tells us in Romans 8, he says that his children are led by the Spirit of God, right? How does he lead? He bears witness with our spirits. That is the primary way he's going to lead you. The majority of the time, he's going to lead you by the inward witness, not by voice, not by a prophecy, not by a dream, not by a vision. And that inward witness is the safest leading you can ever have. You say, well, to me, having a vision or having a dream would be the safest. Well, the devil can produce those. The devil can fill someone's word mouth with a word that sounds like a prophecy. But it came through a minister. Well, people can be wrong too. People can miss it. Doesn't mean they're bad, but they can miss it. There's one thing the devil cannot duplicate or imitate, and that's the inward witness. He cannot. That's why that's the safest and that's the one you need to desire to be acquainted with more than you desire a prophecy or more than you desire a word or desire a spectacular experience. Because every other one of those have something to do with out here, the outward realm. But the inward witness, the devil has no access to your spirit. He cannot duplicate that. That is the safest and the most desired. And I will say this. Most of the time when God leads by the inward witness, that's the only way he's going to lead. And too many times people have that inward witness and they're waiting for an additional leading. He didn't promise you an additional leading. He promised you the inward witness. So don't wait for an additional leading once you had the inward witness of peace. Does that make sense to you? Because a lot of times people are just sitting and waiting, sitting and waiting, sitting and waiting. Whatever he says, whatever you have peace about is what he's saying. Do it. Do it. Do it. Amen. Not peace up here of the mind because I tell you what, the devil will challenge this. But you just, you just answer it with, no, I've got peace in my spirit. i got peace in my spirit. And that will silence this if you'll just hold to what's in your spirit. Anytime you need a miracle, you can have it. You don't have to wait for heaven to call your number. You can initiate the miracle you need. You're authorized. You're authorized. Mary did that. She initiated that miracle. 
She had no idea. She had never seen him do that before. She had never seen him work a miracle before. But she knew this. He only says what his father says. So, when you do what he says, you're doing what the father says. Amen. When you're doing what peace says, you're doing what your father says. And he says that to you through the agent of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes, you can receive your miracle. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You say, well, I just, I haven't, I haven't been saved as long. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. What do you have? You know whether, what you got peace about or not. You know what you have peace about or not. If you'll be sincere, you know down here what you have peace about. If you have a hesitation, uh, I'm not sure, I'm not settled, then don't do it. It's just that easy. It's just that easy. Quiet this because he's not going to lead you by up here. He's not going to lead you by your mind. And that's what confuses people is because they get so entrenched in that mental arena trying to figure out their answer. Whatsoever he says to you here in your heart, in your spirit, do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, there may be times that the Spirit of God will prompt you toward doing something. But if you need a miracle, you don't have to wait for that. He showed us how to initiate our own miracle and receive it. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you helped tonight? Well, you don't want to miss it in the morning. It's been so wonderful. And again, uh, 7 o'clock in the morning, 10 a.m., 7 o'clock, all the way through Thursday night. But let's, before we leave, let's again thank Jesus for what he did. Jesus, thank you for the healing power, for the bodies changed, the healings that have been worked in people. We so, so appreciate it. We're grateful. We live... In a flow of gratitude. We choose to live in a flow of gratitude. And thank you for your word tonight. It's our help. It's our answers. It's our direction. It's the way we live. Thank you for your word. We purpose to not just be hearers. But to be doers of it. In Jesus name. And everybody said. Turn to somebody before you're dismissed and say, whatsoever he says to me, I'm doing it. And you can be dismissed. God bless you. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.